Hello again, everybody. As, as I mentioned in earlier podcasts, the goal of COVID-19 was to create a problem that never goes away. Variants increase over time. But the virus spread rapidly, and we had treated the most vulnerable in a bifurcated manner, home and critical care, while boosting immune systems. This would have disappeared. Masks don't work, and never have. Today, too, we hear more about Dr. Fauci. Dr. Shiva teaches system biology. Dr. McCullough has been threatened by the FDA. Gates Foundation got billions from the COVID bill. Why? Hello again, everybody. I'm doing a, another broadcast, and uh, we're, today we're going to learn some uh, systems biology uh, from uh, Dr. Uh, Shiva, who has uh, four degrees from MIT. But first, we're going to start off with uh, uh, another doctor, Dr. Mercola, who was uh, uh, requested to stop writing about uh, vitamin D. So, and then we'll follow up with a discussion on Fauci. So this was published in uh, Planet Today. Uh, in the summer of 2020, the Center for Science in the Public Interest, a consumer advocacy group partnered with Bill Gates, agrochemical PR group, the Cornell Alliance for Science, and bankrolled by billionaires with ties to Monsanto, the Gates Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, the Rockefeller Family Fund, and Bloomberg Philanthropics, launched a social media campaign to put it into Mercola.com. So this was done over the summer, but um, what's becoming more and more apparent is they're trying to silence anybody who wants to uh, uh, basically work on your immune system at a lower level, uh, the structural integrity of your body, the vitamins and minerals that we that some of us learned at an early age about our, our cells and, you know, we always learned about if you didn't have a, you know, a certain amount of vitamin C, you could develop uh, you know, uh, debilitating de- diseases uh, from back in the day because uh, only, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's only us and guinea pigs that don't produce their, uh, inherently produce their own vitamin C. That's just an example. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be a medical expert that I'm not. Um, so don't hold me to that, uh, assertion. Uh, but I know those, those two have been brought up and vitamin D is highly important. Most of us are vitamin D deficient. If you measured in, uh, na- uh was it, uh, milligrams per, uh, uh was it nanograms per, uh, deciliter, uh, is a measurement they use, uh, to, uh, determine, um, you know, it's just a, a measurement, but most of us are highly, uh, deficient in vitamin D. Uh, we should be uh, working on that. Um, you can usually get a, a good supply of it per day if you get 15 minutes of uh, uh, good, strong sunlight per day outside in, in a natural environment. But how many people typically go outside for 15 minutes and uh, bask in the rays of the sun? I mean, most of us are office workers or warehouse workers. And even though you come to and fro and and whatnot, um, you know, when you're working in a daytime philosophy, you're, you know, how many people, when they go home, do they go outside and actually, you know, sit and get that? You know, you'll be surprised, you know, look at the healthiest people uh, with uh, good tans and stuff that work out outside hours per day. They're generally very healthy and fit and tan because they're working with their hands and they're doing things. Uh, that's just, you know, that's just me on a soapbox. So, 
for a former FDA official pulls strings to target natural health. Um, seeing how Laurie is a former FDA of, official, this uh, uh, Peter Laurie is his, Dr. Peter Laurie, who's a commissioner. He wrote in August uh, 12th of 2020. It's disheartening, but not surprising that the FDA has now issued a warning letter for quote unquote unapproved and misbranded products related to COVID-19. Laurie has publicly taken credit for the FDA's action, thereby establishing the potential that the CSPI is pulling uh, pulling strings under the new administration through re- relationships that did not that they did not have back in August when they first launched their assault on on my free speech. Um, so that's uh, that was coming from uh, Dr. Mercola. According to the FDA, vitamin C, vitamin D3, and uh, curacin products are unapproved new drugs sold in violation of Section 505A of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. The agency is listing Mercola.com on its fraudulent COVID-19 products page. Um, This is just an abhorrent, well, they've been doing this for how many years? And don't get me wrong, there is there is some substantial, you know, there are claims out there that are made by people. But if they're just basically selling vitamins under a branding name, and they're getting uh, most of these um, outlets, uh, there are there's supposedly a, a quality control plant. There's plants out there that are that are in the vitamin uh, or plants. When I say plants, it, it makes it sound like this is huge facility, but there there's usually shops or, 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 or environments where they're producing uh, your vitamins and your minerals. And they're, uh, the only thing that changes is they're, they're producing it for a host of, of retailers. The only thing that differ, difference is the packaging that's, that's put under and the variations on the, the amount and, and the ingredients that are supposedly inside each one, which is why you're supposed to read the labels. You're supposed to actually find out where they're sourcing their materials and, and whatnot. I'm not going to pretend to be a vitamin expertise uh, uh, here, but uh, that's the general concept. And the FDA, if they were so concerned about what's going on inside of certain things, why are they so? Uh, why are they remiss on so many other products that are sold? Uh, the only reason why they allow certain big companies, I mean, uh, they don't check out what's inside uh, McDonald's food as much as they, they would say they do. Uh, they allow big corporations to sell billions upon billions of dollars of unhealthy food to people, and they say, "Well, you know, there, there's nothing in, in inside the food that's uh, problematic." It's like, uh, "Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that's a problematic with it," but they don't they don't care. This is all about uh, using the power of government, uh, being influenced by big corporations and obviously outlets like the Gates Foundation who. Uh, they're not interested in your front your front end of your system. They're in, interested in, in getting you in a maintenance uh, regiment where you have to constantly go to the doctor and uh, uh, receive their treatments and you receive their vaccines and all this other uh, not unnecessary medical treatment. This has been going on for 100 years, and that's where we're at in this country again. But this time they're really pushing to you know squelch the idea that... Uh, vitamins of all things can be helpful or minerals can be helpful or you know certain products um you know and considering where we're at in this country i think we need to be investigating uh what would be helpful i think and that that's the the story of this entire um, uh, broadcast is going to be about systems uh, biology i'm going to let dr shiva do the uh, he ran a live stream last night 
and I followed up with him because I, I think you know he he wouldn't be allowed to make make these claims if he isn't he's actually doing substantial work to try to get people more interested in biology and systems biology and and what are the systems that are involved in our in our immune system and which ones should you be focused on and concentrating on in order to improve your health which makes sense now he has his own slant on things and he's a very uh he's a very demonstrative person which is good i mean you want somebody who's who's trying to teach but also believes in what they're teaching and believes and, and actually is teaching something instead of just huckstering things like Bill Gates does who who gets on like national broadcasts like CBS, uh, CBS and when he's asked pointed questions by somebody who's very friendly to him, pro-friendly like uh, Nora O'Donnell, he doesn't have a direct answer and she gives him plenty of, I mean, gives him two minutes to make a, 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 a speech and he can't do it. And he's supposed to be the guiding light behind all this. And he acts as if he is a medical professional and he acts as if he, he understands what his uh, motivations are and he understands biology and understands vaccines and understands masks and lockdowns and the whole nine yards. And reality is he understands what he, he understands it all right, but he understands what he wants. He wants to continue to keep up the fear porn so that all the rest of us are are going to suffer under his regime and others' regime in terms of how we uh, address ourselves in the world. So moving on, so just speaking of uh, Mr. Gates, so Bill Gates, uh, according to, uh, this is News Target, so it's an uncensored independent media news, NewsTarget.com, Bill Gates gets $7.5 billion donation from American taxpayers during (laughs) pandemic. Uh, it's written by Nolan Barton. I'm just going to... So buried deep inside the $1.9 trillion corona uh, relief package signed by President Joe Biden on Thursday, March 11th is a provision to provide a $3.5 billion giveaway to Bill Gates' global fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and uh, malaria. The organization, simply known as the Global Fund, is an international financing and partnership organization with Gates being one of the first donors to provide seed money. And yes, uh, you can go to the Gates website, uh, Gates Foundation, and look up their grants, and you could you could uh, find uh, the Global Fund, and you can find a host of other places but that's tied to fighting AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. So, uh, let's see here. Let's see. With a net worth of $126 billion, Gates doesn't fit the profile of a middle-class folk. Um, the provision found on page 613 of the package stated $3.75 billion to be made available to the Department of State to, perform, uh, to support programs for the prevention and treatment and control of HIV-AIDS in order to prevent, prepare for, and respond to coronavirus, including to mitigate impacts on such programs, of which not less than $3.5 billion shall be made shall be for a United, United States contribution to the Global Fund. Critics may point out that most of the Global Fund's projects are international, which defeats the purpose of the package known as American Rescue Plan. Exactly. That's that's where we're getting into these. Uh, if people knew what's going on inside the, all these bills that are written at, at, at a page length that nobody in, in their normal uh, daily life can possibly digest all of it. And that's the whole point of this. This is what your Congress does now. They, they what lawyers do. They produ- they produce reams and reams of paperwork that they know that it's hard for anybody to digest. And, and all these congressmen throw in all their p- 
pet pork, pork projects, and they're all bought off and paid by guys like Gates, who you know says, okay, I'll make sure you get a a, a nice little uh, funding, or they'll fund a pet project in their state, and and then they kick back a, a multi-billion-dollar uh, donation to something that goes to directly to Gates. Why does a billionaire need? need any help or assistance in doing this why does this i know the program is directly you know coming from us but why are we funding something internationally as much as we are when we're supposed to be helping american people the reason why we get so upset as americans most of us do is because you know those countries aren't funding us they're not assisting us and we're running up trillions and trillions of dollars of debt to do this you know, it's it, we don't have a, a, a we don't have a bottomless pocketbook, despite what me, most liberals think of what MMT is, which is modern monetary theory, which is totally bunk. Um, there's no way that's going to work, and they know it doesn't work. But they they've been pushing this thing for 30 years, and and of course they're they're just going to test it out. They're going to see how far they can drive this country into the ground. And meanwhile, China is just just eating our lunch all over the world, and nobody seems to really. Uh, give two two whims about that. That's that's uh, uh, based upon certain extremist or le- leftists. I'm gonna just call them leftists. I'm, I'm tired of uh, uh, labeling liberals that way because I don't think all liberals are that idiotic. But you know, uh, when I say idiotic, and they're idiotic conservatives too. So don't uh, don't get that uh, messed up. There's there's plenty of blame to go around, but. Uh, there are certain uh, uh, aligned forces or concerted forces to make this thing worse. So, um, so yeah, he has a no- <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, this was uh, last fall, so Yahoo uh, had written an article about Gates getting getting that money. Uh, they actually he he received a substantial amount uh, last fall too. So, it's just amazing. So our next up on our. Um, uh, topic of discussion is a interaction between Rand Paul and uh, Dr. Fauci. So I'll go ahead and kick that on and we'll go from there. Numbers of reinfections after acquiring COVID-19 naturally. Shane Crawdy, a vi- vi- virologist at La Jolla Institute for Immunology, concludes from his experiments that the amount, the amount of immune, immune memory gained from natural infection would likely prevent the vast majority of people from getting hospitalized disease, severe disease for many years. In this study, which was published in Science, Dr. Crody showed that antibody levels stayed relatively constant with only modest declines over six to eight months. Dr. Crotty reported that, notably, memory B cells specific for the spike protein, or RBD, were detected in almost all COVID-19 cases with no apparent half-life at five to eight months after infection. In other words, Dr. Crotty found significant evidence of long-term immunity after COVID infection. Furthermore, Dr. Crowdy noted B-cell memory to some other infections has been observed for as long as 60-plus years after smallpox vaccination or even 90 years after a natural infection with influenza. That was a woman who got the Spanish flu, still showed immunity 90 years later. So rather than being pessimistic towards people gaining immunity after they've had COVID or had a vaccine, studies argue for significant optimism. In fact, there have been no scientific studies arguing or proving that infection with COVID does not create immunity. There have been no studies showing significant numbers of reinfections. Of the 30 million Americans who have had COVID, only a handful of reinfections have been discovered. 
In fact, the New York Times reported last fall more than 38 million people at the time worldwide had been infected with the coronavirus, and as of that date, fewer than five of these cases had been confirmed by scientists to be reinfections. Scientists interviewed for the article concluded, in most cases, a second bout with the virus produced milder symptoms or none at all. Given that no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated, what specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity, and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, you it's had not. the vaccine, and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study For, can you point to that shows significant let, reinfection? There are no studies that show just significant let, let me, reinfection. Let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ball game. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, &J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've got to make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if point you're infected. This, but we in our country though, now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine. It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. We yeah, don't have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what, now, proof is there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one. Can I finish? We're well, having one one seven that's becoming you're more dominant. Policy based on conjecture. No, you it, have the. It isn't based on conjecture. So you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No, you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. 
No. You can't get it again. There's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask to have been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you've got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any science. I, I totally disagree with you. So there's uh, our favorite friend, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, telling us what he he thinks he knows, but the reality is he's uh, he's uh, toggled on that uh, uh, idea of about masks quite a bit. And here's a clip to to prove that. I'm gonna try to uh, use my uh, powers of search on uh, YouTube to prove that. Um, hopefully, it'll prove it well enough. So we'll wait. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Okay. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. The people who, when you look at the films of foreign countries and you see 85% of the people wearing masks, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not against it. If you want to do it, that's fine. But it can lead to a shortage it, of masks. Exactly. That's the point. It could lead to a shortage of masks for the people who really need it. So what he doesn't tell you there, or wasn't doesn't say in a more uh, clear manner, is um, the masks work well in a closed, controlled environment. Meaning, for example, if you're doing a surgery on somebody, you have a closed environment. There's only a few. There, it's you know, once you're in there, you're in there. It's controlled. The only people that can access it are people that are uh, specifically working on that particular operation or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's a reason to keep the uh, doctors, obviously, are trying not to infect a pa patient or, or provide a potentiality for infection of a patient while they're operating on them during a surgery. That's why they got masks and gloves and the whole nine yards. Uh, but that's for the duration of the surgery. When they leave the operating room or when they leave, the, if they have to leave for whatever reason and go out, they're going to have to re uh, sterilize themselves and then they remask up and they get help and assistance you you've seen the 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 idea that you know everybody they work in teams they work together 
it's rare that they're just doing this by themselves even though there are analysis out there that show that it would be better served if they would just be that uh, your clothing brings in bacteria brings in all kinds of uh, smut and whatnot so even even being in, in uh, the garb that you're in you're introducing foreign elements into that situation so imagine if and like I said that's a controlled closed environment and I'm not a like I said, I'm not a healthcare professional, but that is that just is logic and common sense. So when you're outside wearing a mask or you're in an airport wearing a mask and you're fiddling with your mask and you're putting it on and off, you're not doing anything for yourself. That's the reason why masks don't work. And even he said that. He said that. This was back in March. And he said other things during that time. He's flip-flopped on masks all the time. This is all for show. This is all about control and power. This is all about insertion of the government into your lives to control your movements, control your uh, your attire, control where you shop, what you do. This is so evil, it's beyond comprehension that anybody would ever go along with this. The fact that anybody in our government is going along with this shows the malevolence in their nature. Because I don't care what they say about they don't know or don't understand. Anybody who does enough research... There's been host and host of studies that were done prior to this virus coming online. And if it is such a unique virus, then ask yourself the simple question, why is it so unique? Hmm, maybe it was developed in a lab. Just just putting that out there, it seems pretty obvious that if, if this thing is just such a pesky little virus that's so unique, and then we know that it has HIV uh, 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 signatures in it and has all these other little things, uh, why are we not very upset with China at this point? And of course, China is going to avoid all all uh, indictment on this. But the evidence is there. It started somewhere. It certainly didn't start just randomly. I know there's been evidence out there that people or people are trying to produce evidence, and we don't know if that's not being manufactured. China should be wholly held accountable for this, because not only did they not only for the viral but the fact that they hit it, the fact that it got out, the fact that G has been propagandizing the world about lockdowns, the whole Chinese Communist Party, who are not communists, they're capitalists that just want totalitarian control over the top of that. That's the reason why they enjoy uh, the capitalism and the way our uh, corporate structures. And I'm getting off on a rant here because it really upsets me that people are buying into this. I mean, they would hate it if I was on the other side. Of course, um, I don't know if I could dial it back. But, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put a nice little little thing to say, uh, yeah, China, you owe us about 2 or $3 trillion. You need to go ahead and just pony that up. Oh, you're not going to do that? Okay, then we're going to blockade your ports and make sure you don't eat. Um, we're going to do that until you uh, – we're going to make the pain for you just as part as us. And I know that's evil. It sounds evil. It sounds like a war war overture. But, you know, they're going to destroy this world themselves. They're going to do it anyway. So either you stop them or they're going to do it anyway. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know what game theory we're going to play here. But um, at some point or another, it would be nice if the rest of the world would wake up and, and put the clamps down on them. You know, refuse to buy their goods. You know, leave their stuff on the dock. You know, basically strangle their economy 
I don't care. They're, they did they did it to us, and they they intentionally set this out to to further their objectives. And they're being helped by American corporations out there. They're doing dastardly things to destroy all of us. And yeah, I am being uh, a bit scared and maybe a fear monger, but uh, you know this is this is like 1930s redux uh, because we still have people that are continuing to push this stupid. And they've thrown in the racial things and everything else. And the more and more that comes out, the more and more I'm like, okay, uh, we need to slow the, put the brakes on this immediately. Because this is getting into very, uh, um, I, 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 like I said, this doesn't end well, no matter what. And the quicker we align together as a country and, and know who our enemies are internally and externally, the quicker we can turn this around. Yeah, there are people in this country who need to be impeached immediately. Judges, politicians, the whole nine yards. Uh, you continue to let these people rule over us and make these asinine decisions. You, uh, you know, we're 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 running up against the uh, a power that uh, once it's fully achieved, it won't be able to be stopped. I know people are uh, we're talking. <clears throat> online and I, I don't have an audience but uh there are other people that are they're trying to go about this in the nicey nicey way well uh, at some point the nicey nicey way isn't going to work with these people because they already know that they're caught and they know that enough people know that their their game is a, a game is out there so let's go into some learning i've uh got on my soapbox for long enough we're going to start with uh dr shiva's uh um, uh, presentation. I'm gonna play three sni snippets from him. The link, link, link to his entire presentation is in the description, and um, I'll have to play three separate segments. So here we go. And I want to teach you some very basic biology. I want to teach you what is transcription, what is translation, and you're, and you're going to value that using this uh, focus here. Okay. So let's talk about very quickly what is DNA. What is a concept called transcription. What is translation? And understanding this will give you an idea of some very, very, very basic ideas of what is mRNA, what is DNA, what is a protein, what are peptides, etc. And this will give you a deeper understanding. So, um, and and if you want to draw along, please have a paper and pen, and you can draw along. So let's look at this. So I'm going to draw for you now um, this. Okay. So I have my sketch pad here, and um, still new to this, so bear with me. So let's talk about this. So I'm going to draw a couple of uh, uh, things here. So imagine this white whiteboard here represents the represents a cell. Okay, we're not going to draw all of it, but over here, I'm going to draw. Let's say right over here. Let's assume you have the cell, and it goes like this. And this is what we're going to call this is the nucleus. Okay, this is the nucleus of the cell. All right, over here, right around here, this is going to be the cytoplasm. This is the innards of the cell. And over here, this is the cell wall. And this is the outside. We're over here, this is the outside of the cell, okay? But this is the cell membrane. It typically has some thickness to it, okay? And this is a nuclear membrane. You can put some thickness around that, okay, etc. So we have the cell here that we're looking at, all right? 
Now, when so I want to talk a little bit about I'm going to put um, I'm going to talk about uh, the first step we're going to talk about is something called transcription. Okay, trans. We're going to see this transcription. What is transcription? Okay, transcription is so in the nucleus you have your chromosomes and you have something called DNA. You may have seen it looks like this, right? And DNA is a helix, and it's got all these base sequences. These are base pairs, and I'll explain what these are. So this is your DNA. A sequence of DNA, which is a sequence of these base pairs, is a gene. And genes, according to the traditional definition, will code for a particular protein. And how do they do that? That coding process takes place first through transcription, where... The, so you have a piece of DNA let's, that will code for a gene. Let's say it's a gene for blue eyes, right? You have to create the protein for blue eyes. So what happens is this piece of the DNA right here, when it undergoes transcription, will literally open up like this. They're opening up like this. So this is this little piece of DNA. Opens up like this. So right here, it opens up here. And what we then have is... The DNA sequences, uh, which I'm going to do here, you know, open up. So this is the right side of the of the gene sequence, and here's the other side. Okay, and these match. These are called complementary pairs. So mRNA, messenger RNA. I'm going to put in, let's say, red here, is a replica of this genome sequence. It's the other half. So it literally copies the other half like this, okay? And this is mRNA. So this occurs during transcription, trans, um, okay? And this mRNA sequence leaves the nucleus, and this is mRNA. So now you have this piece of mRNA, which has been translated. And what does that mRNA have? This mRNA, uh, to be clear, carries the sequence of DNA, because you, you have the other half, and once you have one half, you can replicate the other half. That's how it works, okay? So, um, so the, 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 translation, the, the, the translation process, uh, transcription process, I'm sorry, involves, because you're literally transcribing, right? Like if, you, if I were to read something out, so you're transcribing, so it's literally transcribing the genome sequence, and now you get a piece of the DNA of the RNA over here, let's put it over here, which is which is left out of the cell, right? So it's now out in the cytoplasm. So this is that mRNA, and what this what this mRNA now does, it needs to go replicate. It, it needs to go produce a protein. So what it does, it it goes find something called a ribosome. Okay, so the ribosome, put it over here, is sitting over here, minding its own business, you may say. And so let's put the ribosome here. And it's got some stuff here. And this mRNA uh, comes to it. It comes right here. And the mRNA sequence literally feeds into it like a ticker tape, okay? And it's as it's feeding into it, it's got the sequence of genomes that are being read by the ribosome. So this is what's known as a ribosome. 
And again, that's in the cytoplasm. It's your cellular image. It's quite amazing. And with it, as it reads the sequence, it starts putting together what are known as polypeptides, okay? And these polypeptides start coming out, and these are essentially creating the protein sequence dictated by that DNA. So this is what we call the uh, protein sequence, okay? This is the protein right here, polypeptide, basically protein polypeptide that gets generated. This is literally the protein. And this protein um, may, be, may be something that defines eye color, right? This could be the protein for the color of your eyes. This process right here that we're looking at right here is called translation. Okay, so there you go. So you've just learned some very basic biology. And this protein, by the way, can leave the cell. Sorry about that. Do this. This protein can leave the cell. And it can go interact with other things. The protein potentially can be a regulatory thing, and it may go and it may go turn off other things, right? So it's very complicated. But let's say this is the protein for eye color, okay? So what have you seen here? Or what you see here is that you've just learned some very basic biology of the DNA, which during transcription opens up, okay, and it creates um, mRNA, which is li literally the blueprint for creating a protein, and that's what we do, okay? So this is what you want to know about mRNA. mRNA is a piece, the half a piece of the DNA defining the gene that can code for a particular protein, all right? Now, so there you go. On uh, that's part one that we're going to be listening to. Now I got to advance forward. It would have been easier if I could have downloaded his entire video and, and cut it up, but I didn't have enough time to get that accomplished. So we're going to go to the second part that I think is uh, instrumental. So give me a second here. Okay, let's set up. Sometimes uh, audio is going to we'll go from there a little bit early. But all of this. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to clear this. And I'm going to talk to you about what happens, um, how does the modern idea of the immune system work, and what does the mRNA vaccine do to uh, emulate that, all right? So again, let's do the same thing as I just did, okay? Earlier, we assume that we have, let's assume I got the, again, the nucleus here. And again, if you guys want, you can draw this at home. Here's the nucleus. And over here, we're going to do the, I'm going to do over here, I'm going to have the uh, the outside of the cell. We're going to put it like right around here. So here's the outside. Here's the cytoplasm. I want to get rid of this. I don't need this. Okay. Here's the cytoplasm, which is... And just let me interrupt here. So think of the think of like if you had a um, uh, whiteboard and you have three sections. So you start with the nucleus on the left side, the cytoplasm on the right uh, in the middle, and then the right side is the exterior 
uh, outside the cell. So there's like three panes. Uh, obviously, a uh, cell is obviously circular, but he's only, you know, folk, he isn't, you know, drawing everything that's inside the cell. He's just focusing on a particular point. I just want to interrupt and say that. The inside of the cell. And here's also, this, let's say, the cell wall over here. And here's the outside of the cell. Okay. Now, what we want to consider is what happens according to the... So, by the way, what I'm share with you... Oops, I'm not putting that here. Uh, what I'm going to share with you right here... I didn't... I got to go over to this, this thing here. Boom, boom. Let's see. Right there. Okay. So, I'm going to share with you right here what happens when the the an, a virus comes into you and this is not this is a small aspect of the understanding that the typically uh, the virologists and the people like fauci have this is not the whole uh, view of the immune system so you're getting a little aspect of the immune system but this is what the establishment scientists use to justify the focus just on antibodies okay so let's let's walk through that so what happens here so in this model here of the uh immune system by the way it's their model okay you have a virus over here okay so i'm going to put the virus up here and i'm going to put all these little spike proteins on the virus has got these spike spikes on it as you can see here and that's the surface protein and inside of it it, it also has its own little RNA. Okay, it doesn't have DNA. I'm sorry, I want to undo this. I can leave it. Okay. Uh, let me say, exit window. Layout. Okay, so I want to get rid of this. So, yeah, so let's keep that here. And um, here we have. I'm going to put this right over. Sorry, it's taking him to get a while to get to okay. it. So uh, I'm going to close this out. All right. So here, inside the inside the virus, the virus is carrying its own RNA. Okay, that's represented by the blue. So what goes on here is that the virus, first of all, wants to invade your cell, and when it invades the cell, let's say it gets into the cell. Because on the cell surface, as some of you may recall, is a receptor. It, let's say it looks like this. It's called the ACE2 receptor for COVID, right? And when the spike protein, when this virus comes over here, right, and it lands here, the spike protein gets, you know, I'm going to extend it here, it gets attached to this, and it's able to then enter into the cell. So now you have the cell, now you have the, the virus inside the cell, right? So the virus is hanging out in the cell and it's moving along because the purpose of the virus is to replicate itself. It wants to use your machinery to replicate itself and we've discussed that. But how does your immune system react? Well, first of all, there is the innate immune system, right? So let's let's draw your virus, our virus again here. It's hanging out over here, right? It's got all its spike proteins, it's in, it's, it's, the spike proteins are still part of the virus. It hasn't been um, attacked yet, as you're going to see, okay? And it's in. Now, what happens is the, the innate immune system of your body um, 
uh, attempts to try to eat up this virus, okay? So it's got something that wants to come eat this thing up and spit it out, okay? And and that is called, uh, 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 you know, one of the macrophages. And the macrophages literally tries to envelop the virus, okay? And it's going to try to chomp on it, okay? It's going to literally try to eat the thing, okay? It tries to eat the thing. I'm going to put it dramatically like this, right? And it tries to eat this thing. And then it, you know, the virus gets in here, it chomps at it using a whole bunch of stuff. Now the virus is inside the, the macrophage. It's in, it's trapped inside here. And what does the virus, what does the macrophage do? It starts eating this up and it starts throwing out his body parts everywhere, right? You get pieces coming of RNA, you get this showing up, right? It literally starts, you know, throwing out pieces particularly, let's say, the surface protein, all these little, it's like a, 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 a bloodbath is taking place, okay? And the, and, the, and, the, and the virus is basically getting destroyed, okay? These are all the pieces of the virus. So what now happens is that your immune system, by the way, this is called the innate immune system. These are macrophages, and they try to eat up the virus. And this is called the innate, which means the early innate immune system. And we've talked about this before. And this process goes on. And hope how's everyone doing? Everyone okay? Everyone following along? Okay, good. Everyone good? Let me just check in. Everyone okay over there? Okay, good. So, so what we have here um, is that <laughs> Dr. Shiva horror movie. Yeah. Right, it's one way you can look at it. So what's happening here is that the early innate immune system, and remember that innate immune system, we'll come back to that. Um, this is the macrophages kill, you know, start uh, destroying this. And these, and these antigens, I'm gonna throw them, you know, are hanging out all different places. Let's say they go to the surface here. And, and, and this is basically the bloodbath that took place. Now, what happens here is quite fascinating. Your adaptive immune system, the adaptive immune system, it's called the adaptive immune system, kicks in. This is, if this is one part of the immune system, this is the second part. And the adaptive immune system is composed of a cell that I'm going to put in a, uh, let's say, a different color over here. It's called CD4. CD4 plus T cells. And these CD4 T cells give rise to what is known as a CD8 T cell. Okay? Doing a little bit of a different color. All right? And the CD8 T cell, CD8 T cell, what this T cell does, it has the ability to let's say we have one of these pieces here which is a spike protein it knows to recognize it all right it recognizes this spike protein okay and it says okay this this is somebody that's not supposed to be here and what it does is it goes and starts destroying the infected cell okay because it knows this cell's been infected get all these proteins everywhere and it basically kills the infected cell, kills cell. It's called, 
a cytotoxic, cyto, which means cell, toxic means T cell. It kills the cell. But the CD4 T cell also does something else interesting. It also generates what's called a, some of you may know of this, a B cell, okay? A B cell. And the B cell does something fascinating. The B cell actually starts um, based on recognizing that particular protein, right? Again, the B cell recognizes this thing and it starts generating in response to this a bunch of things called, it starts generating things called antibodies. I'm going to put them, they look like this, right? These are the antibodies, okay? This is what we mean by antibodies. Antibodies. All right? So the B cell creates these antibodies. And what do the antibodies do? When they see a virus hanging out, all right? These B cells come in and they attack it. They surround it and they block it, okay? Put the RNA here, and they take it out, okay? There you go. So, what you've just seen here is the entire... I'm going to call these antigens, by the way, completeness. So, what you see here, in a very uh, simple way, is you can all, by the way, learn how to do this. I hope you do. Is that this model has the innate immune system, which are the macrophages which, by the way, are in your eyes, your nose, your gut, and all these different places. It's the, it's the thing that first experiences the virus. When it sees that, your immune system tries to gobble it up, and it starts, you know, basically hacking it up, like someone said, a horror movie, okay? And as a part of that hack up, um, it, all these pieces are flying everywhere. Those pieces we call antigens. The antigens are what stimulate in the two-box model of the immune system, by the way, this is not the full immune system, this is what Fauci thinks is immune system, that two-box model excites your next part of your immune system, which is your adaptive immune system over here, and the adaptive immune system turns on the CD4 cells, and the adaptive immune system creates CD8 cells, which recognize that antigen, and on one, thing they, they, on one uh, side, they go and try to eat up the destroyed, uh, they destroyed the infected cell because they don't want that cell going anywhere, hurting other cells. On the other hand, the CD4 T cell creates a B cell, and the B cells recognize that antigen and they produce a particular antibody, okay? So what I just shared with you is really... So there, we'll leave off on part two here. Um, I won't go into too much discussion, but yeah, this there's a cellular... Um, your cells are the, that's your entire body. Um, the strength of your cell, the ability for your innate immune system to, uh, uh, to be strong is, um, fueled by, you know, the food that you take in, the, the nutrients, the minerals, the vitamins, all that goes to building stronger cells. Um, if you've ever met, you, you can see a lot. Uh, you can see the outward appearances and the outward uh, looks of people, and you can determine whether they're healthy or not. And a lot of it has to do with the kind of diet they they take in. Uh, Eighty percent of your health 
uh, stems roughly from your diet. The other 20% stems from the exercise that you uh, achieve uh, with variation, of course, with people. People are different. They're all different. Uh, but <clears throat> if you're, you know, I, I know from personal experience, you know, several years ago, only about five or six years ago, I was extremely overweight and I felt lethargic and I, I was always tired and I felt like I and I was in my mid forties, uh, 43 at the time. And I felt, you know, incapable of doing the things that I needed to do. I couldn't even, I, I got extremely, uh, actually I had a, a bronchial event. Uh, my, uh, O2 stat went below, uh, 90%. I, I think it was as low as 84% at one point. I was uh, having uh, respiratory arrest. It felt like, at least in my, from my estimation, I don't know if that's the the clinical term or would be clinically speaking correct. But I felt I couldn't. I I, I tried to. I couldn't even walk up a, a flight of stairs. I I went home and then I tried to. And then I went to an emergency room, and they got me on some O2. They they checked out some things and luckily. Um, um, that visit to the emergency room, uh, uh, achieved its goal, uh, $2,500 later. Um, uh, that's, that was with, with insurance. I had insurance through Aetna at the time. The reason why that's important is, so I realized at that point in time in my life, I said, I need to do something. I need to change what I'm doing because I lost my mom at 59 and to cancer. And I started thinking, well, um, you know, I'm 43, 16 years, doesn't uh, achieve the goal that I'm looking for if I, uh, you know, plan on, you know, hanging around much beyond that. You know, once you take away the amount of time you sleep, I mean, you start looking at uh, the hours and years that you have left and you start realizing that you're not going to achieve anything. So I lost about 65 pounds. I started, I changed up my protein. I stopped eating McDonald's. I stopped eating any fast food. For the most part, I have had, uh, you know, I ate a Chili's a few times. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I've been wholly, perfectly religious. That being said, I changed my, I changed uh, what I ate and what I was uh, concentrating on. I, I went and got a gym membership. I started playing adult baseball leagues. I started doing other things to make my life worth uh, achieving stuff. And I started setting goals out, but... Uh, that's getting in deep in the woods to the point he's talking about with the cellular. So those macrophages, I mean, uh, if you have a weak cellular, uh, uh, you know, your cells are being uh, bombarded with bad goo from bad food, you're not going to have an immune system that can fight, it can even begin to achieve the goals of this. That's the reason why uh, the ACE2 receptor, it, it targets people with uh, obesity issues. So if I had been the same obese person I'd been before, uh, probably coronavirus. So this this particular um, iteration of coronavirus may have impacted me. Um, I'm just saying, hypothetically, it would have. So we're going to go to this final uh, pre uh, final bit of this presentation he did. It was a two hour long video, but I, I I captured about thirty minutes of it that I think need to be uh, discussed or, or looked at. So here I'm going to click this on in a second here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a, lead, a little bit of a lead in with this part. One part of it, and you're blind. And that's the famous story that I keep sharing of the six blind men who the king invites to touch the elephant. This is reductionism. Write it down. Reductionism. Opposite of systems thinking. 
So the, here's you got the big elephant, but these blind guys are touching, unfortunately they're blind, they're touching different parts of the elephant. Well, they don't see the whole, they just see parts of it, right? And, and because they're blind and they only see parts of it, one guy thinks he must be touching the snake, the tusk, I mean the, the, the trunk. The other guy's touching the tusk, thinks, wow, this must be a, a, a spear. And the guy's touching the, the side, thinks it's a wall right here. The guy's touching the tail and so on. So they don't have, they have a blinded view of reality, a reductionist model. And what I want to put forward is just focusing on the antibodies and forgetting the entire immune system, the many ways that you could build immunity and just focusing on the antibodies is like these blind guys. Okay. We're touching the elephant and not seeing the whole. And, and therefore, because they don't see the whole, they don't take a systems approach. And, and, and this has been the basis of the development. In my view, it's a reductionist approach of the mRNA vaccine. It's not about pro-vax or anti-vax because that's just getting into the stupid hype. Okay. We want to train ourselves to be system scientists. So now I'm going to show you based on what you've learned from transcription and translation. Now you understand how the immune system works, at least their version of the immune system, which is just the adaptive and the innate. Now I'm gonna teach you the rationale behind their idea to build the mRNA vaccine. Okay, so listen very carefully. They're taking a reductionist approach. That reductionist approach is, we're only gonna generate that antibody. And they're not thinking a lot of smart people, I know these guys, right? But they're book smart, reductionist smart, not system smart. And what they've done is they've said, okay, we are, our job right now is to just generate that antibody. And they said, you know, we used to use deadened viruses and vaccines. They're sort of, uh, it takes a long time to make them, six, 12 years. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna create an mRNA vaccine that's gonna be faster than putting the shot of the deadened virus. So what is the mRNA vaccine? Everyone ready for this? Everyone ready for this? Okay, so let's talk about the mRNA vaccine. What is it? And again, I encourage all of you, uh, if you want, you can draw along. So let's look at the mRNA vaccine here. And you're gonna learn very soon what the rationale is, the reductionist rationale. Let me go back to the drawing board here. Let me save this here. This is what we'll call this, uh, we'll call this innate adaptive. Okay. Sure, you guys see that? I forgot to, I like putting little, signing my little artwork here. Let's sign it here. Dr. Shiva. And this is what, 2021. Okay. So in case you guys want to take it there, you got the, Autograph there too, if you need it. All right, so now let's go now and look at the, let's clear this and let's look at the, now let's look at how the mRNA vaccine works, okay? So what we're gonna do here is if you remember, we're gonna again do the same thing, okay? Here is the nucleus. And remember, here's your DNA, which is hanging out there, your DNA. And remember, this typically does, you know, its process, the nucleus. Um, and here we have the 
cytoplasm. And here we have the outside of the cell. So what happens? Here is a person here, and they decide that they're going to get the vaccine, okay? They're going to get the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine. So what does that mean? Well, when they get the shot of that vaccine, inside their body are circulating these little Let's do, uh, I'm going to use a different color here. This is the outer surface of the vaccine particle. We're looking at one vaccine particle, right? So you get a lot of these things that people are getting. They get all these vaccine particles, I mean, mRNA particles in them, okay? And inside this mRNA particle, I mean, this, inside this particle is, guess what you have? You have... A piece of messenger RNA okay just like I did before in fact let me go back I'll do it the same way I did I think I used the color red so I this red color this red color red color so you have all these little particles that have been put into you this is the mRNA inside them okay so just to be clear this is the mRNA inside of this this thing right here is the mRNA, it's messenger RNA. Well, remember, if you looked earlier, what is messenger RNA? What is messenger RNA? Messenger RNA is a is a messenger ribonucleic acid. It is the blueprint, it is a blueprint for coding a particular protein. Remember, messenger RNA leaves the nucleus, it goes outside into the cytoplasm, and it goes to the ribosome and it codes for a protein. So messenger RNA codes for a protein. So when these guys built the mRNA vaccine, they were thinking, okay, we don't want to give the dead virus. We've got to culture it, all this stuff we got to do. We're going to inject the person with a, with a messenger RNA, okay, that the body has never seen before. Okay, these are some of the issues that we should talk about from a safety perspective, okay? And this substance is going to enter the cell, right? It goes into now the messenger RNA, that particle is inside, right? It's inside your cell. So it traversed its way in. And now the interesting piece starts. So here it is. Okay, here we go. And, and inside this is that messenger RNA. So it gets in. Then what happens is the outer shell of that dissolves, right? And what you, what you have, who's here? What you have is the messenger RNA hanging out in your nucleus, okay? There you go. So this is the messenger RNA that was delivered to your body from this injection, okay? 
So the injection gave you the mRNA. Now this mRNA is in your cell. And what happens is, if you go back to our ribosome, which is nicely just hanging out here, minding its own business, here's the ribosome. And the ribosome is a factory for making proteins. So this messenger RNA dilly-dallies over here, okay, comes in here, and what happens is the messenger RNA now starts spitting out a protein, okay? It starts putting out a protein. Well, guess what this protein is for? It's a protein, I'm going to do it like this, it's the spike protein, okay? It has created the spike protein, spike protein of COVID, of COVID-19, okay? This is a spike protein. And what is that spike protein? If you remember, that spike protein is we have the virus out here, right? It is the, it is the outer protein. It is the spikes. It is this. So what they have done in a very clever way, in some sense, is that they have created a vaccine, quote unquote, a vaccine, which has inside of it the messenger RNA that codes for the spike protein, which is found on the coronavirus. Okay. So instead of creating the coronavirus and sending it into you, which is the quote-unquote old way, the idea here is we're going to trick your cellular machinery, the ribosome, we're going to send it the messenger RNA, which is the blueprint for your own body to create the spike protein. This is quite a, from a technology standpoint, it was a Hungarian uh, scientist, a woman who was the one who came up with this breakthrough. So it's quite fascinating. From an engineering standpoint, it's quite amazing, but doesn't mean it's the right thing to do, okay? Uh, just because we can do something doesn't mean we should go create it, okay? This is one of the uh, things that needs to be discussed if we really have a bottoms-up movement, who's deciding who's creating what, okay? So uh, getting back here, this spike protein, this thing is starting to create a bunch of spike proteins. So, right, it's more and more spike proteins are coming. And you remember what happens when the spike proteins come? These spike proteins are being created right? Just like when the, the monster was chopping everything up. Well, what happens now? Well, your own bodies, your own bodies, T-cells wake up, okay? And this is once again, your body's CD4 T-cells. What do they do? Well, they wake up, they see this, and they wake up the B cell. And if you remember the B cell, different color on the B cell, this is the B cell. What do B cells do? B cells make, they make the antigen. They make the antigen. They make tons and tons of these antigens which go surround the, if they ever see, the virus come in, they're ready to take it out, okay? So this is antibodies get created. Again, antibodies, okay? 
antibody production. Right here, okay? The goal was to create these antibodies, okay? And by the way, the CD4 T cells also will create the other cell, which will try to go at, take these out, take, take out the inner cell. But what I want you to see right here is the bottom line is that antibodies are being created right here, okay? So let's look at that again. How's everyone doing? People okay? Okay, people doing good? Okay, so what you finally fundamentally seen here is that the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines were created that they're sending messenger RNA into you, which then codes for a spike protein, which then your T cells then create the antibodies. Does that make sense? Everyone good? Good. So you guys are learning a ton of stuff. So very, very proud of you guys are tracking this. Um, it's a lot of stuff, right? But hopefully these diagrams are making it easier for you to understand. But um, you're getting an immunology um, uh, class right now. You're getting a biology genetics class. You're getting a systems class. Uh, you're getting a ton of stuff here, okay? And so what you've just learned here, what's the problem here? Everything is like a person with blinders on antibodies, antibodies, and it's like the mantra is, oh, antibodies, all antibodies, that's what they're doing, okay? That's what's going on here. So the idea here is if I generate those antibodies, I've taken care of everything, give me billions of dollars, you got the antibodies, everything's fine, okay? That's what it's all about. So all this complexity, all this billions and billions of dollars are being spent to just generate that antibody. And the notion is if you get that antibody, you're protected. So whether it was a traditional quote-unquote vaccine, whether it's a Moderna vaccine, whether it's the whole basis of the theory of the old theory of the immune system, it's you have to generate the antibody. Okay, is that clear to everyone? Now, is that... So uh, I'll jump in right here. So that gives you a kind of a overview of, of the... For this part of um, the situation is that, yes... Your uh, the Moderna vaccine and the mRNA vaccines uh, are are designed to basically be replicated by your own cells uh, mechanism, uh, uh, the uh, ribosome to you know obviously create the spike protein as he as he illuminated in a much better way than I can. Uh, I guess the que here's an, here's a, a money shot question that you you should be able to ask your um, physician see uh for myself i'm not taking it but here's here's three questions so if if you were uh, injected with this uh, vaccine and you had already had the corona had the the covid 19 virus what would happen so if you'd already had it what happens with this vaccine if you uh, currently have it in other words when they eject you uh, you already have the real-time virus. Now, I'll hear somebody will say, well, the PCR, they're going to give you a PCR test to determine whether you have it or not. That's not going to do what you think it's going to do because the PCR test can be manipulated and it gives false positives and false negatives. And so the PCR test is is ostensibly worthless due to the fact that, I mean, due to the fact that it can be manipulated and controlled and depending upon who's running the test, and it can be and contaminated, and et cetera, et cetera, you shouldn't rely on that. There's going to be a probability that can be wrong. 
it could be a very substantial probability. So um, the question I'm asking is, you know, when you're getting a vaccine for something where you already have, uh, what will this vaccine do in those cases? Will it over, say, you're creating antibodies, and how many antibodies? Are you, um, there's been uh, some uh, literature out there about the cytokine storm, which is your cellular storm. I'm just curious as to what impact that would have. Uh, Dr. Shiva didn't discuss that in this particular presentation, and we're going to leave it at, at leave it there. But what the takeaways are is that he just gave you a walkthrough of the of the of the immune system at that, that level and how reductionist we are. I'm going to try to fast forward to the part where he's talking about the adaptive immune system, which is coming up here, and I think. Uh, we can go through that, but I want to want to get to that. I have to look for that final piece of the puzzle because I think that's important. But then again, you know, we have to we have to do our own research and determine where we need to be at on a host of things. And I think that would be helpful. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find it. Um, so, so uh, he talks about the different v vaccines. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it at that for today. Um, if I uh, find a piece that I'm, I'm interested in, I'll play that in the next episode. So you've gotten an hour and 15 minutes of uh, me talking about this. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day uh, as I play you out. Um, just remember, we're all we're all in this together, and we all have to fight uh, for our country. Um, it's kind of disappointing that we, we have the, the leadership that we have, but we're going to have to work within it and try to figure out a way to uh, improve it. I hope you've enjoyed uh, uh, this uh, learning experience, and we're going to do more of these. I think it's important for everybody to have a baseline knowledge of, of cellular biology and systems biology and uh, health and improvement. And also uh, to know the politics behind it, the resources that are out there to uh, provide these answers for you in the long term. Because um, we're going to have to stay strong throughout this uh, segment of, uh, of our history as a country and as a world. With that said, let's hope that uh, the remainder of the, your day goes well. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it. God bless the United States of America and hope throughout the world.